You're listening to the Tree Council's podcast, Life on the Hedge. In this series, we're setting you on a path to a blossoming career in nature. You'll hear from young people as they start out in conservation, forestry, horticulture and more. We'll give you the inside story on what it's really like and tell you all you need to know to start your own journey in the green sector. Hello and welcome to a rainy and windy South London. I'm Bobby Benjamin Wand. I'm the Comms and Youth Involvement Officer at London Wildlife Trust and today I'll be giving you the inside story on what it's really like to work in the green sector in our wonderful leafy capital city. And at the heart of our series, hedgerows. These hidden heroes are the UK's largest priority habitat, supporting more than 2,000 species. But more than 50% of our hedgerows have been lost since World War II, and many of those that remain are under threat. With their carbon-guzzling, pollution-absorbing powers, hedgerows are crucial in the fight against climate change. So let's get to know them. We're here today in South London. This is Normwood Park, near Gypsy Hill and Crystal Palace sandwiched away amongst the patchwork of Victorian roads, railway tracks, buildings and busy people going about their lives. This park is home to more than 30 types of trees and some of the best views of the city. There's oaks lining a children's playground, there's a green gym and you can also see the bright lights and tall buildings of central London in the distance across the hill. It's a really peaceful, green, urban oasis in the middle of a bustling city. With me is Chantal Lindsay, our Great North Wood Project Officer. Chantal, this is a really special historical landscape, isn't it? It's amazing, Bobby. <laughs> the Great North Wood was this ancient woodland which was really depended on for its economy, for timber, which was used for shipbuilding, for the coal, for tannin, which was used in the leather making industry. So it was a really special and economically valuable area. But unfortunately, due to the Industrial Revolution and the Enclosure Acts, the woodland was partitioned and sectioned off and privatised. So now there isn't so much woodland, it's sort of a network of parks, cemeteries, railside um, reserves. But the Great Northwood does still live on in the place names around here. You've got Oak Road and things like that. So you can still feel its presence in spite of the bustling city and it really is a magical place. So Chantelle, why is it so important for us to maintain, support and cherish these woodlands? They're so important for not only helping us to breathe, literally, but they help to reduce noise and air pollution and also really important for physical and mental health and of course for wildlife. As a result of the pandemic, there was a lot of heavy footfall in a lot of our woodlands, which we had to combat, but it just goes to show how important these woodlands are for our mental health and in getting people out and into nature. Spaces like Norwood Park and the Great Northwood Landscape are home to a whole host of wildlife species. So some things that you can find here are things like the Great Spotted Woodpecker, which are absolutely gorgeous, black and white with this flash of red as well. The Green Woodpecker, which you often find on the ground looking for ants. We've got the Purple Hair Streak Butterfly, which relies solely on oak trees, so you'll find them up in the canopy flitting around. And we also have Britain's largest beetle, which is the Stag Beetle and they find their homes in the Deadwood around the Great Northwood. So there's lots to see here. I mean, that's just a snapshot, but you can always hear the the chorus of the birds. You can always see squirrels running around. It's really full of life. It's so true. Here, wildlife and people really do occupy the same spaces. When I was younger, I thought wildlife meant that you had to go to South Africa and look at the lions. But the truth is, it's actually on your doorstep. I'm really proud to be able to help young people connect with this in my job. 
Well, we should probably explain a bit more about what we do. I'm the Communications and Youth Involvement Project Officer. And I create content with young people's voices at the heart of it. We make videos, podcasts, Instagram reels about young people spending time with nature and we're trying to get young people who are typically underrepresented and underserved connected with their local green spaces and urban places. An example of a typical day would be to create some content such as bird watching reels for Instagram and I would take young trainees out into the field and make a guide for people who want to do this for themselves. You do an amazing job Bobby. My job as Great Northwood Project Officer is to lead volunteers on our practical conservation volunteer program so we come out on tuesdays fridays and two saturdays a month 11 till 3 30 pm and we do things like dead hedging removing invasive plant species from the woodlands path edging and lots of other woodland management techniques such as coppicing and hedge laying coppicing is a traditional woodland management technique it's almost like you're felling the tree so you would cut the tree quite low to the ground so that the wood doesn't then rot. And the hope is that the tree will then re-sprout and regrow. It helps to create different age levels within a woodland, which is really important. So you've got some oaks that are 300 years old and you might have some that are 50, but those levels of maturity are really good for increasing biodiversity. And it has other benefits as well, such as opening up the canopy to allow light down to the ground so that you can get loads of beautiful wildflowers and things like that. So when we're not out volunteering on what days like this, we are planning community engagement events, which are really important because we want to enthuse and inspire local people to look after their local woodlands as well as come and visit them. So it's a really varied job. I absolutely love it. And no day is the same. It's so important to inspire the next generation, I think, especially living in an urban world. I think that young people are so kind of disassociated with wildlife and they don't realise how much it can actually benefit their mental health, their physical health and also learning and being a child again is really exciting and it's so empowering seeing young people who haven't always had a relationship or have never had a relationship with nature being taken out into those green spaces for activity days and seeing how much they enjoy it and how important they've actually found wildlife to be to them. Hi Max! Hi Max, how Hello. are you? Hello, yeah I'm good thanks. It's a bit wet today but okay. um, so we're battling through it. <laughs> We've met up with Max Lawson, the Assistant Project Officer here at the Great Northwood. What does your job involve Max? Yeah, part of my job is leading volunteer days like we're doing here today. So about twice a week we come out and do conservation volunteering days, so kind of woodland restoration. And then the other half of my job is community engagement, you know, just helping people enjoy the woods and the green spaces around them. And yeah, lots of the woodland restoration we do is focus on trees and kind of like the amazing trees we have in the Great North Woods, so generally like oaks and hornbeams. But we also do work on hedgerows, like what we're doing here today, and looking after this newly planted hedge. Hi, I'm Cheryl Dewarden and I'm a forester, arborist, woodland consultant and ancient and veteran tree surveyor. I've always worked in conservation since I was in my 20s, starting off as a professional photographer and journalist and by chance got involved with a company specialising in education and conservation. After moving to the UK over 10 years ago, I applied for a job with the National Trust in 2018. Through a voluntary experience going out with a tree expert to survey ancient and veteran trees, I then found my passion for working with trees and woodlands. 
Trees are the oldest living organisms on this planet, and just that fact inspires me. Globally, our trees, woodlands, and forests are disappearing at such an alarming rate, and with the acceleration of climate change and human impact, I feel the need to be part of restoring and preserving green spaces, keeping our trees and woodlands alive for as long as possible, and even showcasing their beauty and decay. Trees need to be celebrated no matter where they are, and our hedgerows are an important ecosystem that supports them in so many interesting ways. By not taking nature's evolution for granted, our younger generation of people are the ones who will rectify the mistakes we have made. I'm really glad that there is growing awareness and a powerful sense of belief amongst young people that they have the ability to positively impact our planet's present and future. I'm inspired by their courage to take action and reach out to people from different backgrounds. Someone once said to me, "It's how much you want it." I think it's important to be proactive. Put yourself out there and try a wide range of experiences. Then decide which path is most suitable for you. You can start by volunteering. That's how I started in the first place. Most importantly, be passionate about your choices and commit to what you endeavor to do. So, Max, what is it that we're doing here today? So, this hedge we're working on is quite a newly planted hedge. So, it was planted here in 2019. I think it's 40% hawthorn and 20% blackthorn, quite nice like thorny shrubs, and then the rest is kind of like gelder rose, field maple, hazel, so like kind of lots, lots of nice berries and nuts. Today we're kind of just maintaining it. I think sadly it got a bit of neglect over lockdown, so we're definitely here trying to give it a bit of pizzazz. So we are taking out the grasses which are competing with the the hedge, and we're putting down these fabulous mulch mats. It's about 100 meters long. And these are eco-friendly, and they break down and release nutrients into the soil, so they're really great. And then another part of the process is we're putting a bit of mulch on top, so kind of like wood chips, just to keep the mulch mat down and to suppress the weeds. What kind of long-term benefits will this humble hedgerow bring to the park? Obviously, they have you know amazing uses in the rural environments, but in urban environments, they kind of have different pressures. So hedgerows are kind of act as kind of like an air filter. That's why you generally see them kind of around parks. Like you can probably see it over there. It's kind of nice hedge around the park. And actually, I think I was reading the other day a study from University of Surrey, and they did a study on kind of air pollution in London, and they found that hedgerows on their own actually catch 63% of black carbon. So that is kind of like the soots coming from diesel fuels. Trees and are too tall to capture all of the particular matter,、uh, whereas hedgerows are kind of at our like breathing height, so they catch quite a lot of that. And I think also they are really great, like kind of storers of water. So it's really important for like flood management, and、uh, <laughs> it's quite blustery.、Uh, yeah, so flood management, they kind of can store their water in their roots because their roots go quite deep down. So yeah, they're quite important for preventing floods as well. So yeah, with the mix we've got in the hedgerow, we have flowers for the pollinators. We've got leaves for leafcutter bees, nuts. So we got like nice hazel in there. So I'll have hazelnuts, which are really important for our birds. And we've got quite a lot of mix of berries. So we have the whole berries from the hawthorn, and we also have the sloes from the blackthorn, and and also like the gelder rose, which has like these lovely red berries. And it provides quite a lot of shelter for animals. Quite like thorny thickets. Lots of animals rest there. And actually, when we've been doing some clearance here in the past few days, we've seen some quite interesting species of like caterpillars and beetles. South London is kind of known for its populations of stag beetles. So kind of in some older hedgerows, we'd have like some dead wood underneath. Probably would find stag beetle larvae there, which is quite exciting. 
What is it about spending time amongst trees and hedgerows that's so good for you? Quite recently, actually, we were trying to incorporate it into lots of our volunteer days. It's a practice called Shinrin-yoku. So it's a Japanese kind of method, a Japanese sort of forest bathing. And we kind of add it onto the end of our days. And it's basically just kind of, you know, being in nature, like kind of what can you smell? What can you see? What can you hear? And also what can you taste? I don't mean like licking the trees, but, uh, <laughs> you know, your smell and your taste is quite linked. And I remember we did it kind of a few weeks ago and there was like woodpeckers and even the parakeets. It was just like really nice to kind of like let all your worries go and recharge. But yeah, actually quite a lot of our volunteers who have kind of signed up over lockdown and things. It's a really great way for them to make friends and kind of reduce loneliness, but also just, you know, seeing how amazing nature can be when you're outdoors and just, you know, being immersed in the world. So we can all agree that hedgerows are great. How can people living in cities do their bit to plant more trees? If you live in a city and you have a garden, that is obviously the perfect place to start. Get your green fingers out and, you know, kind of look at what hedgerows you can have. So, you know, if you have a garden and you may be looking to think about adding in a fence, think, ooh, maybe you actually can have a hedgerow. If you are planting a hedgerow in your garden, it's really important to have a mix. So kind of like what we've done here at Norwood Park, we've got a nice mix of species which kind of caters to all different, you know, animals and plants. If you don't have a garden, you might have a balcony, and a balcony is also another great place to kind of have species of hedge plants and things. So actually on my balcony, a bit random, but I've actually got a hawthorn tree, and I've actually got a holly tree as well, which is also very random, but I was only allowed two plants, and that's what I got. Because I was only allowed like a certain amount of trees, I was like, okay, I want the best one for wildlife. And I remember I looked up and hawthorn had 170 species associated with it, and I was like, that's the one for me. But if you don't have a garden, if you don't got a balcony, then there's projects in London that you can definitely get involved with, such as the Great North Wood, Little Shameless Plug, or the London Wildlife Trust. You know, we do hedgerow management, urban restoration, woodland management. So Chantal, what was your journey like into your job? It's definitely not a career that I was told about at school. Neither was I. I think that's quite common in the sector. It's not something that you kind of get pointed towards. So when I used to tell people that I wanted to work in conservation, they'd be like, okay, so you want to be a vet? And I'm like, no, not quite a vet, almost. So it's kind of like about following my nose and sticking to what I felt I loved. And a lot of the time that was kind of going against the grain. So when people were doing their biology reports on diabetes, I was doing mine on tigers. So it was a lot of that. I did actually go to university and studied animal behaviour and wildlife conservation. But you don't need a degree to get into the sector, which is the beautiful thing about it. And actually I've learned so much more on the job than maybe I did in my academic life. But I actually came through into this particular job, and this is my first job within the conservation sector. I came through the Keeping It Wild traineeship, which when I first found it, I couldn't believe it because I was really ready to give up. I was like, it's too hard to get into the sector. You know, I feel like I've done the volunteering. I can't afford to give up my time for three days a week, just expenses. So those were the kind of barriers that I was coming up against. So when I saw the Keeping It Wild traineeship, it was paid and it was for young people. It's this, this amazing programme. Do you think it's a good time for young people to be entering jobs working with wildlife and nature? Absolutely. I think there's no better time than now. It is a very competitive sector, like a lot of sectors, but if you've got the kind of perseverance, determination, and we always need within this sector fresh voices, young people especially. So many things that are, you know, contributing to the climate crisis now, we're old thinking and we need new thinking and fresh ideas, and the sector really needs young people at the moment. Thanks, Max and Chantal. You've lots more to do with the team today, so I'll let you get back to it. Before I go, Max, can I ask you what advice you have for any young people? Mm, absolutely. So, you know, I graduated 
with a degree in zoology in like 2019 and I remember moving to London thinking where is my job you're curious gonna be and alas no it wasn't but I remember I got a job at London Zoo and you know I was kind of I was almost there but I was working in the gift shop so not quite <laughs> and yeah I think I was kind of in a bit of stasis when I was in that job I was thinking oh you know the dream job's gonna come up and you know I'll apply for it and I'll get it but I think immersing yourself in the wildlife sector listen to podcasts even watching David Attenborough on TV is all useful and you know it's all experience you can kind of draw on. When I worked at the zoo I actually had quite a lot of time to you know, spend volunteering. Actually one of the volunteer roles I did was in Regent's Park and we went hedgehog hunting at night. I got to see hedgehogs which was a great experience for me to lead on but yeah definitely immerse yourself in the world and kind of any experience is very useful in the sector. I hope you've enjoyed finding out more about working with the incredible wildlife here in our cities. Thank you to the amazing passion of London Wildlife Trust and our volunteers. Hopefully this hedgerow will continue to be an amazing habitat and a big piece of the biodiversity jigsaw for years to come. If you want to find out more about any of the organisations and traineeships we've mentioned, head along to treecouncil.org.uk forward slash life on the hedge. We've put together some useful tips on hedges there too. I hope you're inspired. If you found this episode interesting, share it with a friend and give us a shout out on social media with the hashtag LifeOnTheHedge. You can find more Life on the Hedge stories from the Tree Council on this podcast feed. How about rating and reviewing our show on your podcast app? It helps more people find out about the show and means you're doing your bit to help us celebrate the role our humble hedgerows are playing in our changing world. We'd also like to thank the partners who made this series possible. The Tree Council created Life on the Hedge as part of the Close the Gap programme funded by the government's Green Recovery Challenge Fund. The fund is being delivered by the National Lottery Heritage Fund in partnership with Natural England and the Environment Agency.